Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to the Impact Broadcast with Dr. Lisa Barina. We want to thank you for being a part of our broadcast on today. Um, before we get into our lesson, let's open up with a word of prayer. Father God, we just glorify and magnify your name on today. We thank you, Father God, for being such a loving, merciful, and kind God on today. We thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to speak life and wisdom and understanding into the life of your people. We ask, oh, Father God, that you would have your way during this time of teaching and impartation. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Today I want to speak to you um, from the topic of the church, the nations, and the end of the age. And we will be talking about prevailing for the national church um, is where we're going to start out. And I'm going to ask you to read Daniel chapter, um, chapter 9 at your leisure when you have an opportunity. Um, the, the greatness of Daniel lies in the fact that all that we see written in his great book of prophetic utterance and revelation was received while he was in bondage and captivity in the land of Babylon. Political and environmental circumstances did not prevent Daniel from accessing God. In fact, in Daniel chapter 6, when he was threatened by demonic forces that tried to extinguish his vibrant faith, it was then that he rose up with great force and effectiveness. By his own spiritual strength and forceful prayer activity, he turned and a, a, a oppressive situation into fertile ground in the spirit realm. <clears throat> Daniel responded to the power of revelation. For him, revelation was not only to edify his understanding, but it provided him with a platform for action. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, he understood, he understood by books the true reality of the situation, and he set his faith to pray to a conclusion. Revelation demanded human response in Daniel's day and also in ours. All true revelation is for function. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. A prophetic release from God enables us to come to a more effective level of functioning in his purpose. The prophetic impartation is the inner equipping of the spirit. His understanding did not make him exclusive, but propelled him into a passion, a compassion for his people and caused him to occupy a place of responsibility for the condition of the nation of Israel. He even makes himself responsible for events which happen even outside of his own time. We see this in Daniel chapter 9, verse 7, which says, O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of faith as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which You have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. The great sin is the refusal to hear the word of God through the prophets. The prophetic prophetic impact upon the nation and the church has been rejected by the people of God. God has judged the people, but they have been struck in their ignorance. But now with the clarity of the situation in his mind, Daniel in the midst of a situation of captivity becomes the voice of the nation before God. 
This is a place of true governmental prayer based on revelation, flowing in compassion, and established in responsibility. Daniel's pattern endures today and is relevant to us as the church, as the Daniel example is brought to our heart and our understanding. We must stand in responsibility for the national church, confessing, as Daniel did, the sins of ignorance and of rejection of the current declarations of the word of the Lord to the people. This is the requirement upon us, prayer houses raised up in revelation, understanding, corporate compassion, and mature responsibility to release accurate governmental prayer to the heavens. Praise God. In this hour, prayer power for the harvest is a quality of vision, something that we must have today as we are entering into end-time warfare and end-time situations. Our prayer must be full of power for the end-time harvest. We see this in John chapter 4, verse 34 through 38. I ask you to read this at your leisure. Where Jesus said that his food, the thing that functioned at the core of his motivation, was to do the will of the Father who sent him and to bring the work to absolute completion. And that's where we are in the church world today. Our job is to do the will of the Father um, and to bring absolute completeness to his will for the earth um, through our lives. Jesus is our um, attitudinal and motivational example. Everything that he was on, everything that he was on the earth in his flesh was recorded to provide us with an alternative and absolutely correct substitute for the false patterns of human thinking in the world system. As a praying church, our level of motivation and the direction of our desires must be evaluated, <clears throat> excuse me, and be made totally right. Like Jesus, our food is to do the will of the one that called us into existence and expects great things of us. We must not disappoint him. We must finish the work. And, you know, well, we are right now in the church world and the things that's going on not only in our nation but in the country, God is looking for us to be responsible for the outcome of what's going on with all of these viruses and all these sicknesses and all these things. It's the responsibility of the church to rise up and to mantle up and to position itself to be with the here prophetically what the spirit of the Lord is saying unto the church in this hour so that we can have um, kingdom, kingdom instruction and kingdom direction um, as to how we are to carry out things in the earth realm. We shouldn't be sitting back afraid and waiting on the government and other people to tell us what to do. We should have our ear to the mouth of God to the point where we can get strategic directions on what to do next. Finishing a work is a wonderful thing. <clears throat> as we pray, we realize that we are involved in a work for and with God. We are God's fellow, chapter 3, verse 9 to this work as our but until then the thing ordained by God before the foundation of the world. The advice from Jesus is this do not say there are still four months and that's the problem with the church now. We've sat back so long and said the end and hear that the end is near and Jesus is coming, but because it has not come in the time and the way that we think, we still think that we still have four months or four years or 40 years. He says to us that we should lift up our eyes and see that the fields are already white 
for harvest. And that's what we are right now. We are in a place of harvest. This is the time in the season to gather the harvest into the kingdom of God. Entering the great harvest demands a reshaped mentality that does not operate according to the systems of um, perception of the world order. We must perceive we must perceive the end and lay hold of the finished outline outside of the structures of natural cycles of life. In other words, we must develop prophetic vision. We are thrust into a realm of reality and spiritual activity that seems advanced compared to where our human thinking tells us we are. We cannot wait for months. The fields are already white. Great governmental prayer must proceed out of this prophetically activated mentality. Our prayer is effecting mighty, mighty work and massive victory. We are already engaged in the world harvest. The nations for which we pray are already impacted by the power of our faith. The authority of our prayer position today erupts out of the realization that we are fulfilling in our day, in our day activity that was started long ago by the great patriarchs of the faith. We are reaping what others have sowed. We are an in, intrinsic part of a great cycle of God-inspired activity that is finding its completion in our day. Both the sower and the reaper must rejoice together. We are the completion of the cycle. What Abraham and the brethren of old started, we are completing. It is an unbroken line of faith and action in the earth. We have entered into their labors. The pattern of our prayer over the harvest in the nations is filled with this certified assurance of great faith. Our authority is irresistible because it represents the weight of many generations. It penetrates the maximum power to maximum power because it is only the final part of a cycle that is in place implaceable as a natural harvest cycle of sowing and reaping in the earth. Prayer power for the harvest also is being sent out. So part of our power um, our prayer power to bring in the harvest for this global um, event that's happening in the church and the nation and the end of the age has so much to do with being sent out. And I truly do believe that where we are right now, we are a church that has been thrust into a place of reestablishing what God is saying in the earth for the kingdom of God to manifest in the earth. But it's also shaking us up to a point where we need to be sent out. The church is being mobilized, not a building, not even so much a group of people coming together, but the real church, the world, the earth is crying out for the sons of God to be manifested. God is looking for the, the, the sent ones to rise up. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 38 um, I want you to read it your own leisure. To truly enter into harvest activity, there must first be a vision of the reality of the world, and we see this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And he was moved with compassion because he perceived their true condition. How many of us right now in the midst of what's going on in the world actually have a true moving of for the harvest? Not just for people to live or to not sit, but for be a part of the end time harvest, praise God. They were without leadership. They were frustrated and harassed. If our prayer is to be powerful and remain effective and strong, there must be two 
there must be two necessary things that must transpire. First, we must have discernment. We must have we must have discerned accurately the condition of our time. We must understand the times and the seasons that we are living in. Lord, give us Issachar anointing that we may understand the times and the seasons. We must know the season of the earth. We see this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 2 and 3. We must know from the word of God that the key to the future of the planet is the unfolding of the kingdom of kingdom which moves in direct conflict with the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be lifted to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Second, we must have a Christ pattern response. Jesus was moved with compassion. The Greek word means to be moved as, the, as to one's inward. This indicates a deep, spirit-centered commitment to care about the condition of a thing or a person. Then Jesus said effective prayer can be made that God will send out laborers. Sin is um, ikbola, to drive, which means to drive, expel, pluck, thrust, pull up, force towards. Our prayer for the harvest releases violent spiritual activity from God to fill the our prayer for the harvest releases violent spiritual activity from God to fill the field with not idlers but laborers. He does not need people to be idle. He needs laborers for the harvest. This sending or driving forcefully out is a sending into the purposes of God. For God sends out laborers into the harvest, not into our own ideal idea fields or whim um, programs or the um, frivolous religious activity of the flesh. This is the interaction of heaven's plan with God's spiritual workforce, and it is activated by the forceful prayer of descending. Principles of the harvest that we need to be focused on as we move closer and closer into end-time activity. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38, I want you to read at your own leisure. It says, we are instructed by, by Jesus to pray that the Lord of the harvest should send out laborers into the harvest. The word send here means to drive out with violent force, to compel. God is literally mounting an invasion of the end time earth. The momentum for the invasion is the governmental prayer of the aware, obedient church. Too few recognize that the end times church. The laborers, regrettably, are few. The harvest represents the multitudes of people in the nations to which the word of God must be declared. But the harvest also represents the mentalities and the structure of life, which the Bible calls the end of the age. We see this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 39. In the harvest, he directed the gospel of compassion to the multitude who are like sheep without a shepherd, but he is also bringing clarity and refinement to the kingdom. And those who practice lawlessness, Matthew chapter 13, verse 41, establishes that. But what are the general biblical principles of harvest time? 
In Proverbs, harvest is a time of gathering. We see this in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 8. Watchfulness in Proverbs chapter 10, and verse 5. And a reward for those who have been diligent, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. In Isaiah, they come of great express joy. Deliver. Verse 19 through 22 reads as follows. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a chef in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over the barrels, the barrels again. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. Of your vineyard, you shall not glean. It afterward, it shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. And so remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do the thing of the harvest. The Israelites could not reap with a mind of personal gain, selfishness, or contempt for those who had less than they themselves possessed. And this is why this, this is why we don't see a lot of outreach. In the church now, and we don't see street ministry, but we don't see people because we have um, just just here where my note says he could not reap. The Israelite could not reap with a mind of personal gain. We have so much personal gain involved in ministry now. We have personal gain because we want things, we want more houses, we want more red bottom shoes, we want more Louis Vuitton bags, we want houses that we can't live in because you can only live in one house at a time. You can only drive. One card at a time. We, at the expense of the harvest, we, at the expense of what we, we want, we neglect and negate to go out and get the harvest because of our own selfish gains. But then we're to remember servitude and dispossession. And so the days of harvest were times of caring, remembrance, humility, and mercy. Joshua led the people through Jordan's overflowing banks in the time of harvest. And we see this in Joshua chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, where it says, So it was when the people set out from their camps to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the, the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests were, were born, the Ark dipped in the edge and the water, for the, for the Jordan overflowed all its banks during the whole time of harvest. <clears throat> God brought them out from the dry wilderness into a time of plenty. Harvest is harvest to these people are crossing and transition meant to actually the actuality of coming into what had been what had only been broke been spoken by the fathers and promised of Moses. In Joshua, at the time of the harvest crossing, all promises were actualized and manifested. The book of Ruth is a wonderful book of the awesome events of the harvest. Here the empty are filled and the bitter lives made sweet. 
Boaz, a picture of Christ, at the last at last finds the perfect bride. Ruth is a picture of the church. It is a time of honorable manhood, of exact protocol and divine order. It is the season of a kingdom society functioning without conflict according to the law of Boaz and the close relatives exchange sandals to perfect the redemption of Ruth. It is a time filled with generosity, protection, um, nurturing, hope, and corporate rejoicing over the blessing of others. It is the day of harvest. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus began to send out apostolic people into the harvest. All of these principles are pictures of the emerging mentalities, understandings, and positions of the church, the apostolic church, as we pray that he would sit and as we ourselves are driven by the Spirit into the harvest. <clears throat> Let us not forget to remember the house of the Lord. And we see this in Psalms chapter 122. This psalm is definitely not about just going to church on a Sunday morning. David is not defining some religious position. The cry rising from the assembled people saying, let us go into the to the king's heart for seven This archives corporate Achieve, it, it represents a um, achieved corporate prophetic state in the house of Israel. Their feet have been standing within the gates of Jerusalem. This is the position taken by Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 2, where it says, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter at, the, at these gates to worship the Lord. All the people at the time of position being taken at the gates at the hour at speak to his people, going to God. This is a song of a sin. The word is malos. In the Hebrew, means going up. It, pre- it represents a declaration made when the people represents a vision, will, purpose, and presence, approved attitudes and patterns of understanding that make our approach to his presence vital and powerful. Isaiah spoke of such powerful songs of ascent. Isaiah 30, verse 29 says, You shall have a song in the night when a holy festival is kept, and gladness of heart as when one goes with a flute to come into a mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel. Here the song of the night is lifted as the people ascend to the mountain of the Lord with the sound of the flute and with gladness of heart during the holy festival. It is not just simply a prophetic song of corporate joy. It releases awesome, powerful movements of the Lord in the judgment and anger against illegal governmental positions in the heavens. Here, Assyria, representing satanic stronghold positions, is beaten down to the sound of music and singing. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 31 and 32 says, For through 
For through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down as he strikes with the rod. And in every place where the staff of punishment passes, with the Lord lays on him, it will be with tambourines and harps and in battles of, of, of brand, brandishing will he fight with it. It is in the midst of all this that the thrones of judgment are set up. The word judgment indicates the deciding of a case or matter, the procedure of coming to a final decision, the church standing prophetically in the gate, moving to high spiritual places in the desperations of ascent. A place where the judgment of God, the final decisions of the matters of the earth are released. Jerusalem represents the church. The psalmist says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray in Hebrew is to inquire, to access information, to demand. It is not the usual word used for pray in the Old Testament. This is this this is position this is the position of every government and inquiring about the state of the church. We must ask, in the church, is the church truly standing in the gates? Is the church fulfilling the governmental role in the earth? We must make the prophetic declaration over the great global church. Peace be within you. Peace, shalom. The Hebrew means divine order, correct, correctness, the fullness of all the blessing and presence of God, the ability to execute the the perfect will of God to the fullest. Let us for let us pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Father God, we glorify and we magnify your name on today and we thank you for the opportunity to speak life and speak kingdom authority and kingdom understanding into the for the mandate in this hour for the church, for the nations and for the end of the age. We thank you, O Father God, for giving us a mandate to prevail for the nation for the national church the global church oh father god of the lord jesus christ help us to prevail in prayer oh father god to usher in oh father god whatever it is that you want to be released in the earth during this time and this season oh father god help us oh father god to have prayer power for the heart for the harvest, oh, Father God, that we might have quality of vision, oh, Father God, like John did in John chapter 4, verse 34 through 38. Help us to have vision for the church, oh, Father God, that upon this rock you should build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, oh, Father God. Help us to have a prevailing spirit, oh, Father God, during this time and during this season, oh, Father God. Help us, oh, Father God, to manifest great governmental prayer, oh, Father God that's of your prophets and activate, oh, Father God, in the natural, oh, Father God, and manifest manifest, oh, Father God, in the in the earth realm, oh, Father God. We pray, oh, Father God, that we have prayer power, oh, Father God, for the horrors as sent ones, oh, Father God. Help us to take on that sending anointing, oh, Father God. You're sending us, oh, Father God, but nobody wants to go, oh, Father God. Nobody's going, oh, Father God. Even though you're sending us, oh, Father God, nobody's going. Everybody's caught up into their own assignments and their own things and their own agendas and their own, their own, um, desires and needs, oh, Father God, which are carnal, oh, Father God. So, Father God, we need you in this hour, oh, Father God, to give us clear vision and clear understanding as far as how you want us to proceed, oh, Father God, as we go out into the highways and the hedges and propel men and women to come into the kingdom of God, oh, Father God. Let Help us, oh, Father God, to truly understand, oh, Father God, that time is drawing near, that the harvest is right, oh, Father God, but the laborers are few, oh, Father God, and to pray for the laborers of the harvest, oh, Father God. Send forth the laborers. We pray for 
laborers to rise up in this time and this season of Father God, to be willing to go out and together the harvest, oh, Father God. Help us, oh, Father God, not to forget the house of the Lord, oh, Father God, that your house should be called a house of prayer, oh, Father God, a house of prayer for all people, oh, Father God, that we will stand in the gate of the Lord's house, oh, Father God, and proclaim, oh, Father God, that there is a word from the Lord, oh, Father God. Help us, oh, Father God, to hear the word of the Lord, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we go through the gates and go up to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, oh, Father God. So Father God, we give you glory, honor, and praise in this hour, Father God. We feel, God, that you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords, that there is nobody like it unto you in all the earth, oh, Father God, that you're greater than anything that we could ever go through and experience. You are still God. And help us, oh, Father God, to understand your sovereignty in this hour, Father God, for you are still sovereign and you are still in control. And you have, oh, Father God, all power in your hand. You can set up one and set down another. You can allow... um flies and, and, and the diseases and, and swarms of, 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 of locusts, and you can also cause them to cease within the same moment, oh, Father God. So, Father God, we recognize your majesty and your reign, oh, Father God, that you reign forever, that you, that you are majesty, that you are high and lifted up, that you are the great God. You are, you are, the, you are the creator of the universe. You was the I am before there was, oh, Father God. Where the, when the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the earth, you were there, oh, Father God, and we just thank you. Oh, Father God, so we bow at your majesty. We bow in your awesomeness. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name, oh, Father God. We bow to you today, oh, Father God, and who you are, oh, Father God, not only in the heavens, but even in the earth, oh, Father God. So we ask, oh, Father God, that you would bless us and keep us. May your grace shine upon us, oh, Father God. May you give us peace, oh, Father God. May you strengthen us to continue to stand strong in this hour, oh, Father God. In Jesus' name, we glorify and we magnify you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you once again for listening to the Impact Broadcast with Dr. Lisa Barino. We pray that something has been said to bless you and to edify you in this hour and during this season. May God richly bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.